0: What is up, Man Versus Marriage Nation? It is I, the cute doll with a little precursor to this particular episode. So, as life would have it, actually, it's not life's fault. It's my fault. Quincy Moran did not do a proper uh, studio check prior to recording. So, what you're going to find is, for the first six, seven minutes, Jeannie's microphone is off. So... I'll do my best to kind of clean that up, but just know after about six, seven minutes, her microphone is turned on and all is made well. Stick with us. You do not want to miss this episode of Man Vs. Marriage. In this episode of Man Vs. Marriage, follow-ups to follow-ups on marriage help. Jack and Jill, how are things going? Let's get into it. (laughs) another episode of man it is i the cute it dog in the brand new moran family studio it's here ladies and gentlemen it's here and all props to my lovely wife who has been working her tail off to get this uh, this space set up i'm very excited honey welcome to the program Hi, thank you for all the work you're doing what do you think about this moran family studio <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Understandable. Understandable. But it is uh it is fantastic not to be recording in our bedroom anymore, which is really, really awesome. Yeah, we don't have to trip on the table in the middle of the night or anything set up so we can let it download. It's nice. Yeah, it's really good. And uh I see great things for us happening in the future because sometime this year, folks, we have got to start the video podcast. And so kind of the way you're setting this up is going to give us a great backdrop because it's us. It's us back there. We decided on forever. Hey, before we get any farther into the podcast, Quincy at MVSMPodcast.com. Quincy, Q-U-I-N-C-Y at MVSMPodcast.com. That is what is making this, I don't even know how many part series it's going to be. We're three shows into uh, Jack and Jill and what's going on and, getting some feedback and i'll tell you the downloads in this particular series are growing at a very very fast rate and i've titled them marriage help uh, because who doesn't need it no matter how great your marriage is so be sure to email us with what you have obviously this guy's name him and his wife their name is not jack and jill but we give you that an anonymity so uh, you can hear your story from the outside looking in. It just completely changes the landscape of what's going on in your life. So I'm going to gonna read some email responses today, and we're going to talk through some of this because Jeannie and I both uh, have been going back and forth with Jack uh, regarding his situation, and things seem to be making a turn in the right direction. And it's very early on, so I caution you, I'll probably say this again, I caution you from being worried about results too fast yeah it's taking you it's taking a decent amount of time to get where you are so just rely on the process you can't do too much at once when it comes to your relationship because then you're going to overwhelm your spouse and you don't want to do that and then it becomes too hard to maintain and you want something that's going to be long term do a few things do them great and then continue to move along I wish I could follow that in my life in general, but I tend to be a man with a whole lot of plans. With that being said, check out quincymoran.com. It gives you kind of the full offering of what is what the future is with uh, Man versus Marriage and what we're looking to do. And uh, one thing you know that I want to talk about quickly, you're out there, you're around the world, you're in the United States of America, etc. If you want to represent this podcast and what it's doing for your life i think it's about time we get some swag going i've i kind of had a tester shirt you know i wear out to the gym and to various events just a a a basic t-shirt with man versus marriage on it and lo and behold uh the downloads go up and then people approach me and they ask me what the podcast is about and then even young folks when i go to events for one of my daughters um, they'll come back to, to my girls and say, Hey, I was listening to your mom and dad's podcast. And she was like, she was like, how, how do you know they have a podcast? It's like, Oh, your dad was wearing the shirt. So I think it's, uh, you know, I don't, I don't do a lot. I don't do the blog. I don't like shower you with emails, et cetera. But I think it's time we take the show to the next level. And that's gonna, and I'm going to need your help for that. Um, what we want to do is spread the message, widen the platform so we can help more people and you, my listeners, our listeners, uh, make a direct impact on that. So let's continue to spread the message and uh, and help us get it out there. So we're talking about Jack and Jill and just a quick recap, um, a situation, you know, came about where this gentleman and his wife feel like they are living like roommates. Actually, that's his opinion. We don't know what his wife's opinion is. And he wants, there are things that he wants to talk about, but he's got some situations in his, that he's responsible for that have contributed to their relationship where at first they, they were lovey dovey, intimate, tight. They did everything together. They've had kids and now things have changed. That happens in in all relationships, so that you know, or all that I'm associated with. Um, but there are some issues, like some financial issues, etc., that have come up, and he wants to talk about it, but he does not know how to bring it up, because when he does, issues happen. Like, either she's quiet, or, you know, it causes an argument. And this is just a brief general overview of where we're at. So, you know, I... Uh, I've gotten emails back and forth, and this is the beauty of, of the way that I do this. And it's like, all right, send me your story. We talk about your story. If it makes sense to put out for other people to hear so it benefits them and it benefits you, we will, we'll put it out. We don't always do that. Then uh, I, I make the shows. Let you know I'm making the shows. I want you to listen to it. I want you to hear what this is about. Get an outside point of view. And Jeannie and I are not scripting this show at all. We're reading and we're doing, we're like processing it through the moment, just like it's a basic conversation and relying on our experience uh, of being married for 23 years to help you through this situation. So um, I'm going to read you. It's like, hey, I listened to the podcast this week. And then I'm going to read you what my suggestion was, what to do. And then uh, we'll read what, what the response is from Jack, and then we'll kind of go from there. Now, I don't remember if we read your email to Jack. Okay, we did. So that's good. We, there's three shows in there. And yeah, I haven't had time to respond to the last couple just because we've been
1: so busy with the, the move of the house. So, yeah. Uh, had to shift trying to get the house put together and make sure that autism is accommodated as much as possible as on top of work, school, and, you know, taxi driving. I should really be in it
0: uh, That was a suggestion last night. All right, so let's start with the email after listening to the podcast. Hey, so I listened to the podcast this week and let me thank you for doing that. Firstly, let me clarify what I meant by a safe space now if you're jumping in just a quick break here if you're jumping into this show and you haven't heard the three before it please after i say this pause and go back and listen to them because they are full of things that will help you gain perspective in your relationship take from your experience everything's not going to be cookie cutter but take from the experiences you hear and then kind of take a step back and look at how it can positively impact your relationship okay let's keep going um first firstly let me clarify what i meant by a safe space uh by the way both of you clearly explained what i meant by a safe uh, space so a safe space for us is an environment whereby my wife feels comfortable expressing herself in her way that she chooses and i should not be offended and get hurt i should be listening attentively and fully understanding what is being said. Additionally, a safe space will be for me a space where nothing said will hurt my feelings, as I am offended very easily. And that that can happen. That can happen. And I think there I think there are layers to why we get offended so easily. That we can we can kind of unravel those particular things, work through them, and learn how to thicken our skin. Um, and I think being for me my this is my perspective you can comment on your perspective honey when i'm offended easily it's because i'm insecure about some things and that that is where it is for me um i have some insecurities you know in my life one as a parent and one of my kids and i my youngest daughter and i are like really tight and why is that because we really enjoy doing the same stuff. Um, and I invite all the kids to do things with me, and she's the one with consistency that shows up. We like working out. We like sports. We like coffee. Um, like politics. We like guns. You know, those. The, all those things, we thoroughly, we are enthusiasts in those areas. And so... You know, it's like, hey, I'm doing Bible study, and sh- she's actually the one who initiated Bible study. But it's like, hey, we're doing Bible study. Everybody's welcome. All of you can come. Uh, we're gonna have coffee. We're gonna have Bible study. You want to drink coffee, whatever. Well, she's the one who shows up the majority of the time, and so when well, people poke at me and say, "Oh, she's your favorite," I get offended. I get. I mean, yeah. I'm insecure there because I don't, I don't, like. It's not- And, yeah, and I've had a couple of my daughters, um, like, try to accuse me of not wanting to spend time with them. And I said, to one of them, I said, who else have I flown to another state and done a college tour with? Who else have I done X and Y and Z? Now, where do you spend your time? Where do I spend my time? I can only ask so much until the point of you constantly saying no. And she's like, well, I want to spend time with you, but I don't like this, I don't like this, I don't like this, I don't like this. It's like, okay, well, these are the things I've invited you to. What have you invited me to? Silence. So it's not that one of my kids is my favorite over the other, and I, I tell each and every one of them they're my favorite because they are. Um... What it is, is like, if I have to chase you down and beg you to spend time with me, it kind of means you don't want to. Or you have other priorities, and that's fine. But don't put the onus back on me. Like, I have to own that, and you have no responsibility in it. Now, these are adult children, not, not minors, not young, you know. So we're finding our way out in the world. So just all that to say... If I'm offended by something or a category or whatever it is, it's because I have an insecurity in an area. Um, and I like, to, I like to think I have thick skin, but sometimes I'm emotional. Sometimes it's the moment where stress is. Sometimes the moment where lack of sleep and stress are together and I'm concerned about other things. But typically, uh, in my experience, being easily offended is rooted in insecurities. In my experience, you uh, give uh, your give your take. If you if you're familiar
1: and you and I had to go through this in the beginning, if you are familiar with an argument, so you already know in your head what the responses are probably gonna be because this is a trap that's been played over and over and over again. Your insecurity is now in the fact that you have to be ready to fight. You have to be ready to defend yourself. It's not it's not that you're a offended all the time or that you're easily offended. It's that this is a, a record. And if if you find that when you have these conversations, um, for example, you know, the mistakes keep being made. Okay, well, if the same mistakes keep being made, you're going to be told the same thing again and again because things aren't changing. And for some, that becomes a point of I just don't want to have this argument because I don't want to hear it. Pissed off, or it's I don't want to have this argument because they're disappointed in themselves. They know you're disappointed in them, and now they're you know kind of beaten down for a poor decision or a mistake that's happened. Um, and I'm talking about simple stuff, like you know if you're constantly arguing over someone not doing the dishes all the time. You promise that you would do this so that you know your spouse works late. You're trying to cover a chore or something. You know I'm not talking about like we have bad news.
0: Your microphone's not even on.
1: Oh, no. Ta-da. oh,
0: shoot. Can you back any of that up and say it again?
1: Yeah, can you edit it?
0: No, but we're just going to have to go with where it's at because it's, it's, I got it on two separate tracks.
1: Sorry, I thought you had my mic on. I didn't pay attention. To I that. didn't do a mic check. Oi! Okay. Phone call.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Anyway, um, what I was saying is that sometimes you're you're easily offended isn't because you have an insecurity in um, yourself, it's more that this is a repeated argument. So if the mistake continues to happen, you already know the argument coming at you, you know the words that are going to be used, you know the insults that are going to be slung at you, Um, and it's one of two things. Either you're pissed because you're prepared to fight that, even though you're the one that made the mistake, you're prepared to fight it, or... You're already disappointed in yourself for disappointing your spouse and you're just going to take it, but you're not going to actually um, feel better about anything. You're just, you're just going to kind of sink into your hole because you deserve it. You did something wrong. It's the same problem. But these are, I'm not talking about big mistakes, like infidelity and things like that. Those are totally different scenarios.
0: Yeah, it's outside. But I'm talking
1: about like, you know, when... You're working late and we have an agreement that I'll have dinner ready when you come home and you give me a 30-minute heads up and I have dinner ready. Some nights I don't get it done. There's just things going on and there's a little contention there because I said I would do it. And I didn't get it done. It happens more often than I'd like it to, but it's one of those things that Quincy gets frustrated when Quincy gets hangry. <laughs> well,
0: and, and also, there again, that leads to an insecurity um, and I'm not saying this is scientific. I'm just, this is where it's at. And then we'll continue on through the rest of the email. Um, when it's like, I would get in the frame of mind is like, why don't I matter? And I know that's the farthest thing from the truth. You know, I'm out working. It's not like y'all are all sitting at home, communing, waiting on dad to show up and there's nothing else in the house happening. And it's like, let's continue to commune because who cares if dad's coming home? No. That's it. That was an insecurity and a place of butt hurtedness that I would reside because I'd automatically go back to that feeling of, well, oh, crap, man, nobody, nobody cares about me. I, nobody even thought of me when uh, it comes time for supper. And that's not true. Y'all were distracted or there was too much going on. So it, that's the other side of this is when somebody is telling you how they feel and they're frustrated, you tend to think. I'm responsible for all of your problems. Everything you're complaining about is my fault.
1: Well, then it makes it difficult because um, I'll I'll use our situation as an example. Years ago, I did all of our money stuff, and I struggled with doing our money stuff because you and I have a different perspective on how to handle money. And um, it was very, very difficult because we were constantly in contention for me to say, I need help. Because anytime you would say, well, I'll just take over and I'll do the finances, I would get pissed because it made me feel like I'm not, I'm just too stupid to do this. And it would frustrate me Hmm. because I couldn't get a handle on things. But then at the same time, it's an area that I struggle with. I am not good with, look, I lived in a house where we learned you borrow from Peter to pay Paul and then you go back to Peter next week, you give him a little bit of change and then you go back to Paul and you do it all over again. My, my mom was of the mind of if the there's a roof over your head and we got food on the table, everything else can be rotated as need be because that's where we lived for a while. Mm-hmm. So that's how I worked it. And then come to find out that it didn't really work so well for us because we didn't always get that extra little something to pay back when time came to pay the bills. And um, you have a better mindset when it comes to saving and making sure that, you know, all the priorities are met first and then everything else is done on the side. I, I struggle with that because I spend money on a impulse and b emotion, wanting to do things for other people, wanting to do things for myself, wanting to do things for the house. It's not because I'm trying to be selfish. It's just something that I want to do. I want to give, I want to do something. And, um, but it's, it's fed off emotion. Mm-hmm. So it's a huge struggle. It's been a contention for us for years. We still struggle with this. 23 years, and we still struggle with this. But we finally came to a point with Rita's help to be able to say, I need your help in this. With, with, without feeling like you were going to attack me or be mad at me for, for putting something else on your plate, because God knows you have enough on your plate. But this was one of those areas where if I didn't give over and say, this is my weakness, I need you to handle this. I would, we would be screwed right now. There's no way we'd be sitting in this new house. So it it taught us safe space has to go both ways. I have to be able to feel confident enough that even if I'm coming to you with the same mistake, I can tell you, okay, look, this is what I think is going on. I'm not sure how to handle this. I, I don't know if this is a problem or not. I'm trying to figure that out, but I need to be able to give this to you. So that I don't screw this up anymore. If I didn't feel safe enough to say that to you. I would let you continue tossing stuff at me. And I would just keep going about the motions. And beating myself up internally. Because I can't solve this problem. But I don't trust to tell you either. Because you're just going to throw it in my face. And mm-hmm. I, whether you're intentionally throwing it at me or not. Internally I'm thinking. This is all my fault. I'm the one screwing us over. I'm the one making all the damage. And I don't know how to get help. From the person I should be getting help from. Yeah. It's supposed to be partnership, not you have yours and I have mine. Yeah, we, don't, we don't
0: run our finances that way. So, And that's why we, we look at safe space and we use different terminology, just so you all know. We, we call it a soft place to land. Because mm-hmm. you, you need to be able to express yourself um, and express yourself in such a way that you say what you mean, you mean what you say, and your spouse is able just to take it in and not, and and you don't take it personal even if it's about you because it's how he or she is feeling, and it's a weird dynamic. But it's like okay, well this is how you feel. I want to know how you feel now. If you get nasty and start insulting me, I'm gonna let you say what you need to say, um, and then I'm gonna have to take some time just to to kind of chew through it. Um, but I I do my best not to not to turn that vitriol on my wife. Um, and John Welton has a great, he's got like a great philosophy on this. It's all, And it's a biblical thing too. It's like, you know, men represent order, women represent chaos. And it's not chaos in the way that you would think. I mean, when you think about the creation of the world, it was created out of, out of chaos. It's like a, a sense of power, if you will. But it's like, you know, as men, we can be, the bowl where the chaos gets poured out um and there's no need for us to take that and put it back like on you mm-hmm. um so in my opinion, it's like if you gotta if you've got to let all the air out of the balloon, then do so. If you have to say things that I don't appreciate or don't agree with, you need to say what you need to say there's Revisit. one there's like <laughs> one word that I just don't like used in a a particular context. And Jeannie knows that. And sometimes it happens, sometimes it doesn't. Um, But we as men, through the process of understanding more about ourselves, can develop thicker skin. And then if you just, if you don't take personally what your spouse is saying, even if it's about you, you can just let the dust settle and say, okay, I acknowledge how you feel. Now, how can I help to fix it? And I don't want, guys, I don't want you to think that your whole life is dedicated to making sure that um, your wife gets everything she wants. And you have to, you know, fall to her every whim. That's not what this is about. It's not. But this is truly a partnership. And as, as a man, I believe it's our commitment to ensure that there is a certain place for our wives so that they feel... Like for Jeannie, what makes her tick is to make make her feel like she's a priority, that she's safe, she's protected, and she has provision, like for her family and her children. That's what matters to her, um, like top three, unless that's changed. So I work hard to facilitate that because I can provide that for her to a degree. So let's keep going here because we got off the beaten path thanks to me. Um, I should be listening attentively and fully understanding what is being said. Additionally, a safe space will be for me uh, a space where nothing said will will hurt my feelings as I am offended very easily. Also, you are correct. Not all situations can be due to something that I did. It's just that over the past year or so, it somehow has just been something that I did, or at least 90% of the time. However, you guys did put forward some great suggestions that I will try this week and give some feedback on how it went. I also update, uh, updated some of my comments below. Thank you again. I look forward to the upcoming episodes. And then uh, I had said that Jack was probably not from the USA because he says cheers. He confirmed that he's not from the USA, but still within the same hemisphere, which I think, what a good dude. What a good dude, Jack, you know who I'm talking to. Good dude, man. Um, there's another listener out there that, uh, we kind of went back and forth on Instagram, you know, uh, a couple of days ago. And, uh, he was, he was speaking that Q dog. He said, a Q dog. We, we all got a kick out of that. It was so good. And so, um, Here's a here's another email on the way back. Hey, so I had listened to the episode again. Now I I gave some advice here that I think is probably relevant um, if I can find it in this email thread because I want to make sure that like you understand this is a, this is dialogue. This is like back and forth um and what I like to do is have you explain as much as you can through email to me. And so if I can't find this response, because sometimes email is just really, really odd. Um, <clears throat> I, I like to say, Hey, just in case, you know, because when you listen to something for the first time, you might get caught up in your head, especially if it's about your situation in particular. Yeah. So you might miss some of the dialogue that continues to go on. So, you know, I I always recommend that uh, whenever you whenever you listen to something, um, maybe go back and give it another try after you've had some time. Um, let's see. Okay, here we go. Thank you for the clarification and for getting back to us. Keep us informed on your progress and how we can continue to help you. Two more episodes coming on the email discussion. Your final question, we will do uh, a show with it by itself. So we'll have a show coming up for that particular final question. Uh, you may want to listen to the episode again or a couple of times as the week goes on. You might find there are additional nuggets within our discussion. We look forward to your updated comments and know no matter where, uh, where you are, where you're from, we're thrilled to, that you've reached out. Uh, and some very, very very serious advice. Be in this for the long haul. Don't be discouraged if things don't change immediately. Um, I'm the kind of guy that there are areas in my life where I can change immediately. It was hard for Jeannie to to accept or understand that because there aren't many areas in her life that I'm aware of unless she hasn't told me where she changes something immediately. Oh, no. she She takes time to process. It's more thought out
1: microwave versus uh crockpot and that that scenario big time.
0: Yeah. Um and and so for me, you know, and that's where coach Rita really helped us out a lot because in my mind it's like okay, if this makes sense, if this lines up, I'm changing. Not tomorrow, I'm I'm just going to change now. And so there's there's several areas in our life where that frustrated genie. Because the more I learned about my nutrition, the more um, research I would do. It's like I would change and then not tell her, uh, or we'd have a you know a glancing conversation. She's like, okay, well here here's this. It's ready. It's this. I did shopping. I got you that. So I'm not doing that right now. And she's like, W T F, pal? Um, last we talked, this was the case. It's like, yeah, but I did some more research. Well, you didn't close the loop and let me know. So this is what you have for now. And then financially, it's like, well, I guess this is what I have for now. (laughs) And uh, that's the way it's going to be. So Jack uh, replied, hey, so I just listened to the episode again and realized I did miss some points. Number one, I'm starting to think the root cause of becoming roommates is because living is hitting us hard. That happens. It happens, and it will creep up on you. It's like when I went from you know, 300 pounds to 380 pounds. This sounds crazy, but it crept up on me. I was distracted. I was distracted. I continued, you know, with poor habits. I didn't identify the issues. And before you knew it, you know, my clothes didn't fit. I was getting heavier. It was hard to breathe, etc. And then one day you kind of look at yourself and you go, what has happened to me? And that happens in your relationship because life gets distracting. Um... With more responsibility on her job and now an S-load of issues and added responsibility to deal with uh, from her family, not to mention we still have the kids. Also, additionally, my job that has now significantly uh, decreased my time at home as I was working from home before and now back to the office. This can build some resentment and be the cause of her being exhausted. How can one navigate through this not to be roommates and come out of the survival mode? Because I'm trying my best to be present when I can, but it seems not to be enough.
1: Question. So his job is put him back out of the house, so is that does that mean he's not home to take care of the home now? And she's gone and he's gone, so things are... Okay, so... We kind of had to do this. It's a it's a revamp situation, not because I'm not home, but because I'm I'm handling <clears throat> not now, but for the last twenty years, I've handled eight people at home on any given point of the day. I handle the school. I handle drop offs and pickups. I handle the work taking them back and forth. I handle any phone calls that come in, anything that needs to be done at the house. I have my own work I'm doing on the side at home. Plus we have autism. So our situation is not the same. However, we did have to come to an agreement because Quincy works 12, 14 hour days, some days more than that with, with his job. Currently it's not that way, but right now he's gone out of the house at least two, three days a week. And when I mean gone, I mean like gone, he's out somewhere overnight and he doesn't come home for a day or two, depending on what week it is. Um, so we've had to come up with a system of balancing out when the house needs to be taken care of. Because it, as much as we would like to say the house is clean every single day, it's not. It's not going to be. You are two adults working a job and raising children. This is not going to happen unless you hire somebody, which I, I don't know your situation. If you can, by all means, have at it. But we aren't in that situation. We have to do things ourselves. So... We had to come up with a rotation, and now it's like, okay, one day a week, which for us is either a Saturday or Sunday. It depends on everybody's work schedule. We try to make it work for everybody as best we can. But there's one day a week called deep clean where everything gets done from top to bottom, the refrigerators, you name it, everything gets done, and it gets done as well as we can possibly get it. Now, it doesn't always work. We have teenagers, so it doesn't always get done per se, But during the week, it's kind of a maintenance thing. As long as the dishes keep getting done and the laundry is kept up and the living room is at least, you know, you can sit in it and not feel like you're staring at somebody's pile of underwear on the couch.
0: And there's no disasters in the bathroom because that happens at the Moran household.
1: But it's not like everything has to be immaculate. You're going to have to come to an agreement there somewhere because it shouldn't land on her or you when you're both equally working outside the home. You're both equally raising two children. You know, in our case, we're, we're equally raising eight, but we weren't equally raising eight because Quincy was working all the time. And he was working multiple jobs. So it just came to a point where when he would come home and be like, wow, what'd you do today? And the house would be a mess. It was like, let me not say the first thing that comes to mind because... It's not polite and it is the one word that he does not like in any given situation.
0: Well also, and here's the other side of that is that when I when I am home, like when Jeannie goes, say out to Idaho to visit her parents, I run the house a lot differently than she does. Yes, you do. And I can't expect her to run it like I do and I can't and she can't expect me to run it like she does. I But there I'm, has
1: to be grace for that. There
0: has to be. And there has to be understanding. Um And that's one of the difficulties whenever there's changes in your home it's like y'all need to come back together and negotiate come back together and talk about okay here's what's changed what does it look like moving forward
1: that goes with any change i mean we we've had to do it with um work changes we even now we just moved into a new home okay everybody knows the first week it is chaos because things aren't unpacked they're not in place So this weekend is kind of a give everybody a breather. Some of the kids went to go watch movies. Other kids are hanging out at home helping with others so we can get podcasting done. And then we've got family's time planned for later in the evening. Tomorrow we do cleaning. But the deal was, you know, we get into the house. We give it about two weeks to try and unload as much as we can. And then we have family weekend where we sit down and we go over new house rules what we're going to be doing, who's got what responsibilities. It's a negotiation. It has to be brought to light. If there's a family emergency, we have to do the same thing. After everything is all said and done, we all come together and say, okay, this this particular child is now dealing with X, Y, and Z, and they're coming home. Say one of ours comes home from the hospital. This person is no longer doing chores for X amount of time. We make a What's the word? We call an audible basically and say, okay, for this amount of time while they're down, these five people are going to be in rotation for their chores. So on this day, so-and-so has it. On this day, so-and-so has it. I get it. We're talking about kids, but it works the same with me and Quincy. Quincy's going to be gone for a few days and we have things that have to be done for the house. I have to assume those responsibilities. If it's, you know, the contractors coming to do something, Okay, well, I have to make sure that my schedule works with the contractor's schedule so that I'm home and that somebody's here. I can't leave anybody at the house by themselves. These are the their negotiations. This is the business of marriage and family. Mm-hmm. This is the mm-hmm. coffee talk side of things that you, you have to sit down and say, okay, I, I know this is all happening. And honestly, the emotional side of it is completely separate and has to be a separate discussion, but it all goes together because the stress levels are way different. Um, How you deal with stress, very different. I can, sorry, Quincy can deal with stress and just kind of internalize it and look at a situation and go, okay, this is what needs to happen. A, B, and C needs to happen and this is how we're doing it. I balance way too many things and I start looking at, okay, but if we do it that way, like use today, our schedule was simple. We had three things on the docket. We got up this morning, and all of a sudden, we have seven things on the docket. And it's like, whoa, 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 whoa! I don't work that way. And and you can ask him. My I, I was butt hurt this morning. I was not happy because things. What kept were you shifting. getting ready to say? <laughs> 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 things things just shifted all of a sudden, and it was like, okay, you you can't throw a wrench at me like that. You got to give me a minute to go through things. And he knows that about me, so he he'll poke at me and and. Certain buzzwords will tell me, you know, to calm my butt down, back off a little bit, but you you just, you have to make time to have what we call a coffee talk. These are business conversations. In that conversation, you can have a, a touch base. Quincy and I always touch base first. Where are you in this? Help me locate you because you seem like you are really stressed right now. And no matter what I do, I'm not able to help with that. So I need you to kind of tell me what can I do first? Is there anything in this moment that I could do that would help you relax a little bit so that we can get through this conversation a little bit easier? I'm not asking you to like fix the whole problem right there. I'm asking you just to help take the guard down a little bit. I'm not saying, you know, if I take on all these things, will it be better for you? That No, that's not what I'm asking you to, to say. I'm asking you to help drop the guard so that we can have a conversation. And now look at, okay, I have this job. You have this job. This is what's happening. This is what's going on with the kids. Where can we meet in the middle? Because you're not going to have per- perfection all the time, every day. It's not going to happen.
0: No, no. As much as you want it to happen, and that's one of the things that I've learned and I've taught you know, my youngest daughter, she's in sports. She has a mind like me. I said, Hey, we don't press on for, we don't expect perfection. We press on for excellence. And that's what we try to do. But and the the point is, is that when there's a change in your home, when there is an event in your home, A, you need to touch base with your spouse and then you need to negotiate. What does it look like moving forward? Now, if you are married and love, sex is great, you know, date night is awesome, you're connecting, you have careers, and then you have a child, well, it's time to negotiate. And then if that is going along and you haven't negotiated anything, like Jeannie and I yeah. did, you know, we didn't negotiate anything until we had all our kids, and it was 10 years in, and now it's like, oh, we're roommates. Now, Now we're negotiating, because before it was just silent on one side, Animosity and resentment building up, turning into bitterness, and then there's no communication. Mm-hmm. And then we're in full survival mode. So with that being said, it's time, Jack, it's time to take a step back, you and your wife both, and renegotiate what things look like. How can we how can we operate moving forward? And what are our needs? What are your needs? What are my needs? What are the needs for the children? And then redefine it. Because I'm, I'm really big throughout this podcast, throughout the last five years, of redesigning and redefining where you are. It's, it, you're always going to have a base of who you are, but when big things happen, it's very important to renegotiate it. Why do I know that? Because I've lived it, and Jeannie and I have to do that. And there was a time, where we we had geared up for 2020, and it was going to be a year when I did, you know, newer things for the podcast, and Jeannie was going to get her novel out, and we were going to take a huge nine-day trip. And after this nine-day trip, it was going to be no excuses. I watched this Kevin Hart uh, six-part series on Netflix. I it showed me what discipline, dedication, and hard work and building a team, what it can do. He is wildly successful and it ain't on accident and it ain't just because he's funny. It's about his work ethic. So I said, my mantra is gonna be work harder. When I try to make excuses, work harder. Well, then the pandemic came, everything shut down. We didn't get our trip. We didn't renegotiate anything. Everything was work harder for a month or two. We took no breaks. We were not intentional about relaxing together. We did not renegotiate our life based on a major event across the world. And we found ourselves at odds. We found ourselves at odds with each other, within ourselves. It was really, really difficult. And I had to take a step back and go, dang, dude, everything changed. And you. You didn't make an adjustment. <laughs> you didn't make an adjustment to bring your family together and to renegotiate, and that's as recent as 2020. So there's times where you have to renegotiate what it is you're doing uh, based on things that change within your life. You have to download. You have to check in. And say, hey, where are you on this?
1: There have to there. You also have to look at. Sometimes you're going to have to make a sacrifice. It's not forever. It's just for now. Those are key words for me and Quincy. I mean, right down to putting the furniture in the living room and trying to keep me from spinning my head. This is not forever. This is just for now. Just to get everything in. You know, sometimes it's, we, we couldn't do date nights for a while. And it was to soothe me mostly was it's not forever. It's just for now. But what we will do is we will make, This night, this week, or each week, we will take from 6.30 or 7 o'clock at night until bedtime, we tell the kids, this is our time. We're going to go watch a movie. We're going to go hang out in our room. We're going to go whatever we were going to do. But we had to renegotiate that because we couldn't go anywhere. Right. Now, when it got to the point where we could go places again, we were able to start doing that slowly. But even then, we've had, when we first started doing this with Rita, our money was tight really tight. And Rita was like, but you have to make a date night. You have to make that sacrifice. So you have to make negotiations, even if it means taking 60 bucks from your groceries to make a date night and go out to dinner. You don't necessarily have to spend money to go on a date. I know you're, there are a lot of people who are like, well, there are cheap ways to have date night. Honest to goodness, Quincy and my best date nights are going on long drives in the car. Just to go check out someplace we've never been, get out of the car, go walk around and drive back. We do our best conversations in the car without the kids just going because there's no one else there. There's nothing. We laugh our asses off most of the time. Yeah. You know, we have the hard conversations because where are you going to go? You're in a car. You can't run away from the conversation, even if you wanted to. And it's just kind of, you know. There's a lot of things and scenery changes where you have a break to go, ooh, distraction, look at that. That looks pretty cool. Why don't we go stop over there? There's so many ways to do it, but you have to be willing because you're renegotiating. It's not a forever, it's a for now, but you have got to look at what can we sacrifice? Can the laundry sit for two more days? Do we have to have a set laundry schedule or can we just let it sit until Sunday? You know, do we have to have everything to a T every single day, or can we just kind of let's just get through this next 30 days and make these adjustments and go from there. It 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 just depends on what each one of your priorities are. Mm-hmm. For me it was we had to have time. Even now he's the last couple of weeks have been chaos and he's been in and out of town. So we haven't really had time together at all. And I, you know, I know we have a, a planned weekend coming, but it was kind of like last night I was like, um, Wednesday night. You know, I was like, oh, well we're going in another week or so. And I'm like, "Mm, that's two weeks away. Wednesday night. I don't care where we go. I don't care what we do. We just need a couple of hours to go do something that is not house related, work related, money related. We just need to go be just us. Those are the things you need to cue in on. And those are the things that you need to renegotiate. They're not always easy, but it can be done. If And if you get into the habit of recognizing there's a pattern change and we need to renegotiate. I mean, especially depending on the age of the kids, you've got young kids, you've got. Our kids are grown, so our. To a
0: degree. I mean, they're older, they're they're they're, they're a, more
1: self-sufficient
0: They're Yes, we
1: can very easily say, hey, guys, dad and I are going to leave for two hours and not worry about necessarily childcare for all of them. We can leave the old, the other ones here to watch the two that need it the most. Yeah. Um. You know, I mean, we have availability now where it used to be, we have to find a babysitter. We got to make sure we can get somebody. I don't know what that situation is for everybody. For us, it used to be chaos and it used to piss me off because he would say, get us a babysitter. And then I couldn't get a babysitter. And I was disappointed because now we can't go on date night because I can't get a babysitter. We renegotiated that. Quincy started looking for the babysitter before he even told me, Hey, let's go out. And now I'm not disappointed anymore. I don't even know the plans until he says, Hey, babysitter's coming at this time. You need to be ready to go. Yeah. My whole mood switched in a heartbeat. It's like, ah, I'm out. I'm out of here.
0: (laughs) Well, let me, let me read this too. And uh, we could go on forever and ever about this simply because we've had to do so many negotiations. Um, so many renegotiations when it comes to it. I mean, you're always going to have a foundation of what your love and your marriage and your relationship is, but you've got to renegotiate things that are outside of your control. And, you know, a lot of these little sayings that Jeannie or I will say have been birthed inside of me because of the path that I've taken to like redefine my life and to live intentionally. So we say all these things someday, you know, I'll put them all together um, So that you can take and adapt what works for you when it comes to your mindset. Uh, it's not forever. It's just for now is something that I had to do when I was getting really disappointed about some things in my health, uh, some things in my finances, and some things in my home. And it's like there are times with, you know, the money situation where it's like or, you know, my health or whatever. And it's like, don't get mad. Just get better. And those are, those are things that kind of help me readjust my attitude. Because for me, as happy and as joyful and as wonderful as I can make the environment, you better believe I can make it just as sour and it don't take long. Um, so I have to negotiate these things with myself. Now, there's times where there's right and wrong but otherwise, it's a fluid negotiation because everything's not going to be in your control. So here's my response. And I said, hey, great question. Kind of running back to, uh, you know, how how do you, you know, manage through the survival mode. Um, where to start can be daunting. Whew. Those are wise words, Quincy. Well, thank you very much. Keep it as simple as possible and build on the progress you've made. Don't let the moment overwhelm you. And that's kind of that's kind of one of those things that's interesting. There's a guy at work who knows my nickname is Q Dog, but he's like, I'm not gonna call you Q Dog because I don't see the dog. And it's like it's like if you only knew, mm-hmm. if you only understood this, the dog is what keeps me at bay for your good, not for mine. Because I know what I'm capable of. Mm-hmm. And it's like The the dog is present when his child is dying on a trauma table. The dog is present when his kid's having multiple brain surgeries. The dog is present when he finds out that these two babysitters molested his children and he doesn't kill them in the moment. I know what role the dog plays in my life. Mm -hmm. So whether you want to call me the Q dog or not, it's more than that. Because it's like controlled focused aggression the dog comes out at the gym because that's a safe place unless somebody's trying to threaten my family so the dog is where he needs to be Mm -hmm. he's trained he's an active trained individual so it just makes me laugh because emotionally some people don't have control over themselves when there's chaos or they're overwhelmed they can't function that's when the dog rises up in me
1: mm-hmm.
0: because chaos and confusion, it doesn't scare me. So it's like, I, I just thought that was, I thought that was really funny. And at some point I'm, I aim to tell this individual where the dog is. Um, but that's fine. You stay where you need to be. Um, but that's, I say that because not allowing the moment to overwhelm you, no matter how intense it is, is a learned skill it's not something it's not generally something you're made with people will think that you don't have the right sense of urgency or that you're not responding based on their their level of being frantic but really if you're able to remain cool in the midst of the fire and make the right choices then the outcome is going to be a little bit closer to what you anticipate it anticipated. Well,
1: and people tend to cling to that too. I mean, when, in our chaos, I cling to that. When, when things are going haywire for us, it's very easy, especially when it comes to our children, for me to become emotionally overwhelmed and not necessarily um, see the whole situation. I'm focused on the child. I am not focused on the 101 things going on around. I am focused on one thing and one thing only. So my chaos is very focused to that situation. Whereas your strength and ability to function in all of that and to maintain or protect me is where I find comfort because I can lose my shit and it's okay because I can trust that Quincy will keep me from going outside my bounds, but he will also keep other people or other things from pushing down on me while I've got this going on. It It is a very... It's a strange dynamic for some people, but for us, it works very, very well because I know there, there are maybe three people in this world that when things go haywire, I would trust to call and I can trust them to snap me out of it in a heartbeat. Quincy's my first, always my first. And it's the simple, okay, I mean, take Gracie's situation in the last month. I, we haven't ridden with her in an ambulance in a really, really long time. And I'm here in Texas, and you're on your way to Oklahoma. And I'm thinking, I, how am I going to do this by myself? We don't. Th- this is new to us. We don't. We normally have a system in place. Call this person, they take care of the kids. Call this person, they take care of that. We don't have that here. And they're adults now, but they don't drive. We need to get them driving. But anyway, it's like call Quincy immediately without me even asking. He says, "Okay, I'm going to shut everything down. I'm coming home." Now I know he's a few hours from me. But just knowing I didn't have to make that request, I didn't have to make that decision. It was done. This is what's happening. Okay, cool. I no longer worry about the five other people that I'm now, you know, supposed to be taking care of. I can just focus on the one thing. It makes a huge difference if you can find that balance in your marriage and be able to trust, you know, Quincy has things that go on too when he he gets that way and I'm kind of the I'm the grounding point. Mm-hmm. You know, when when a situation comes up outside the home and Quincy's like, I, I have all these irons in the fire. I've got all these different things going on. And he's it, what happens is generally you start coming down on yourself mm-hmm. because you're trying to figure your way out of a situation without burning everything in your midst. But again, that's when his dog rises. But at the same time, it, it, it's where he relies on me to ground him and say, okay, wait, slow down. This is not you. This is, this is not how you do things. So we start kind of going through the pile of what's happening. And then we get back to the point of, okay, this is who you are. This is what you do. This is how you do things the best. It's a trust that we have with each other to know where our strengths and our weaknesses are.
0: Yep. Yep. And so I say, you know, do not let the the moment overwhelm you. Take the approach you have. Check in, ask, uh, check in. And ask open questions about the topics below. You may uh, you may get no answer for days or weeks, and then she may begin to open up about it all. Then ask, "How can I help?" Um, that used to be one of my things as I'd listen to Jeannie complain or talk or just kind of like you know let all the air out of the balloon. And then I'd try to fix it. It's like it's not mine to fix, but let me let me help you pour out the cup, as Coach Rita taught us. When you're overwhelmed. And, and things are going on. If you let the air out of the balloon, sometimes things are like, oh, it's not as bad as I thought it was. Sometimes it's just as bad as you think it is. But at least you let it out. And that that is a big deal. And then I said, get her out on a date night. Have a nice time. Keep your phone. Put away. And then ask the questions. I know I know a lot of things have changed. Or I know things have changed a lot. Name the things below and ask. How are you handling these changes? Give her the opportunity to talk about it. When she talks, give her reassurance. You are listening by saying it sounds like this dot, dot, dot for you uh, with this change uh, or that change and ask her to share more. And then how can I help? So when she's talking and letting things out, it's like, oh, So this, and then you explain what you're hearing. This is how this is affecting you. Because now you're engaged in the conversation. Put the freaking phone down. Uh, And that's not directed towards you, Jack. That's directed towards all of us. Anybody. (laughs) I walked out yesterday after my daughter's award ceremony, 30 adults, 28 of them, 26 of them are looking down at their phone. They're lost, distracted by their telephone. I'm one of them when it comes to work. I can put my personal phone away plenty, but my distraction is work. I got to work on that. But when you're when you're with your spouse, and you need things to talk about, and you're connecting, put the freaking phone down. Unless y'all are, you know, on print, Pinterest looking for future things to do, but that has to be an agreement. Anyway, um, uh, you'll not be able to. Nor are you responsible to fix it all. You're asking what she needs. Allow the moments to be sincere, and you take in all she has. Just let her pour it all out. This will start to build trust through your intentions. Ask her also, what made you smile today? Tell her how much you and the family love her, etc. You know her. Do the exercise with her where you say, do you know why I married you? Do you know why I chose you? Remember the time we did this or that? These are things we can do as husbands to remind our wife that we are in our relationship. And that's advice that, like, we could all take. That's advice that Jeannie and I could take, just asking, because we don't ask enough. What made you smile today? What made you happy? Um... And then going through the exercise at least once a month to say, do you remember why I married you? It's very; Those things are important. You need to know why you are in this. And when things change, you must renegotiate where you are. And it has to involve the both of you. And you have to create a soft place to land. If y'all have not listened well before this, there are crazy good communication. There is... Just soft place to land, but go listen to those techniques. It really helped Jeannie and I be able to talk about everything, not take it personal and really just help each other move forward.
1: You have to remember though, that this is not just about her. There has to you have to leave some room in the conversation. Um, let her let her let out everything that she needs to, but you also need to make sure if it's not in the first conversation, there needs to be a follow-up. You cannot neglect your own needs in this negotiation. There's two sides to the coin. You both have to put out this is how I'm handling it. This is how i'm I'm seeing things, this is how I'm feeling about things. This is what I think could help because as, as these things change, like we had said in one of the other episodes, Sometimes your love languages shift because you need something a little bit more than you needed maybe last month. Yeah. Um, and there's grace for that. It doesn't mean that they're completely different. It just means they shift position. Your your top three generally will rotate. One, two, and three will rotate back and forth given the situation. If physical intimacy is not available, there has to be some kind of affection in its place, but that usually requires quality time. Yeah. So there you... You can't, I don't want the guys out there thinking that we're just telling them how to make it better for their wives. You need to be a part of this marriage too. Your needs matter. Your needs count. But you need to let her get that out. If that's where the struggle is and the communication is tight, you need to be able to turn around Mm -hmm. and say, can I tell you how I'm handling this? Can I tell you what this feels like for me? Because this is where I'm at and I kind of need you to come alongside me with this. It goes a long way as a wife to hear my husband say, I need you here. Those words, it, it Quincy knows, if if he says he wants, totally different perspective for me. It's not that I don't want to give him what he wants, but the minute he switches to, this is what I need from you, it it flips a switch in my head to say, okay, this is no longer uh, a, a kind of situation, this is a, I need to make this happen. Somehow I need to try and meet this for him. He doesn't take advantage of it. He doesn't throw it at me because he thinks that he's going to get everything that he wants because he changes the word to need. There, there is a trust there. Don't abuse it. All right. But there is a very different standard in our marriage when it comes to I need versus I want. You need to be open to say, I need this from you. Even if it's going to bite you in the ass, sometimes you've got to put it out there. Um, I just, I feel like we're kind of pushing in his direction. We're pushing towards giving Jack everything he needs for Jill. But I want to make sure that Jack knows you, you need to matter too. You need to put yourself in a position to say that this is what I'm feeling. And I'm not, I mean, I feel for the guy because I know he's making changes and he's doing things. So here, here's the trick I learned because I'll make changes and I don't like to tell people I'm making changes. I don't want your opinion. I don't want your feedback. I don't want to disappoint you. If I'm going to disappoint anybody, it will be me. Um, quit asking. If you're making changes, make the changes.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You the as you continue to do these things, it will get noticed. You don't have to keep saying, "Well, well, did you see me do this? Did mm-hmm. you notice that I did that?" Stop looking for the out of boy. It doesn't, it doesn't matter if you know, you're making the changes and you stay consistent with it. It will be seen. I guarantee you it will be seen.
0: Yeah, there's got a, there, there's a balance there, but in the beginning, you know, when you are making all these changes, um, you could overwhelm your spouse because they may not be able to make those changes. So there may be some resentment on that side. I know sometimes it's like a weird balancing act. But like I said in the beginning, and I, I agree with Jeannie, this is not uh this is not a podcast that's about figuring out all the ways that like you meet every single one of your wife's needs. It's not it's not that. But there is a certain responsibility when you take on a relationship that says, I am gonna be responsible to help you with these particular needs. Because this is where we complement each other. This is where our strengths and our weaknesses kind of match up to meet one another. And so I do take those responsibilities with intention. Um, I want to make sure that us as guys know that we're kind of built to handle the heavy load. Because our wives are built more emotionally emotionally than men are i mean it's just that is just the way that it that's the way it is it comes from that foundation of being nurturing human beings so i'm not saying that you should you know take a ton of abuse or whatever it is i'm not trying to say that but you should be you should fashion yourself in such a way where your masculinity is not challenged because your wife needs to unload everything that's in her heart and on her shoulders even if it gets nasty in the beginning let all the air out of the balloon and then we can figure out how to move forward in this. Um, And then if there are things that you need to say that are above and beyond that are sharp and hurtful, et cetera, maybe find a guy friend that you can talk it out with first. So you guys can kind of counsel with one another and then you can take it back and and discuss it with your wife because we don't want to break our wives emotionally. And, And that can happen that, I mean, that can really happen. And, um, so with that being said, we're going to cut it right here. We've got to close this particular episode down. Um, I'll put a disclaimer on the front of this. So, you know, now microphone was screwed up. Didn't do, <laughs> didn't do the check. Um, uh, like I should have, cause I was distracted by a phone call, but I am so thankful that you're listening each and every one of you around the world in my own, uh, homeland of the USA. Uh, I thank God for each and every one of y'all listening. And if we can help you, it's Quincy at mvsmpodcast.com. It's QuincyMoran.com. Um, sign up there for your email if you want to be a part of this. Spread the show. You want some swag, give me an email. And for now, she is Jeannie Moran. I'm Quincy Moran. And this is Man Versus Marriage, the podcast.